Hey, this is Eddie Olchek. You're listening to Empty Betters with Nick, Mac, and Harrison. Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to episode 110 of Empty Betters. I'm your host, Harrison Scholes. I'm going to toss it across the screen to my co-host, Nick Manella. How are we doing, buddy? Cheers, gentlemen. Dry January is over. Well, an internet time, but not real time. <laughs> so are we going to are we going to count this? Well, you just gave away my secret, Dick. But thank you. Um, yeah. So when you guys are hearing or watching this, uh, my month-long sobriety test is now over. I can have my beers again, so I'm a happy boy. Yeah, we're recording this uh, late, late, late night, January 31st, around 10.30 Eastern, the late night files, as Nick would say. So uh, scheduling conflicts, got to get her done. You know how it is. I'm going to toss it across the screen to my other co-host up in Wisco, Mac Vogel. How are we doing? Doing good. Cheers, Nick. Congrats on a nicely well done dry January. Thank you. Um, Thank you. What do you got there in that big old mug? Is that bush light and a big stein? <laughs> it's just this, uh, this little beer I've never heard of from, you know, before, you know, yeah, I thought so. <laughs> Not bad. Pretty good. Might try. How many, how many bushes did you open up to fill that whole stein? Two and a half. Luckily not too much of the bushel. It was about like, you know, two and three quarters, I would say. Two and three quarter bushel. Okay. Yeah, for sure. And actually, <laughs> look, here's proof that I did wait. Here's the last little bit going into the mug. So, oh, oh okay. look at go. that. In cool, case anybody right? needed evidence out there. I, I wanted to wait and, you know, have and by the, the first way, beer it's with almost, you guys. it's almost midnight by you, at least. Anyway, right. you're only, I mean, it's basically February. So, I, hour I and a half. Pass. Yeah. Nick, we'll count it. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Cheers. And I yeah, didn't we... drink on New Year's Eve, just putting that out there. So, wow. Oh, you okay, well, it. then yeah, you've so done a month. Boom. Right? Full right. month. Yeah. Oh, good. I'm good. You're all good. Yeah, um, I am also joining in, but not with the Bush lattes, a little bit of uh, sorrow juice, as I call it, as the Oilers fucked me once again, but we'll get into that a little later. Um, but <laughs> So let's get into the nitty gritty here. It's late, uh, you know, kind of squeezing this one in. EB10 gets you 10% off, limited time offer. Go check out our store, www.emptybetters.com. Click on shop and you will see it there. And we are also joined by one of the newest members of the team, our intern, Jackson Gross, up at Marquette University. Why don't you say hi to the listeners? What's up, everybody? I'm glad to be on my first episode, and I've loved being on the team so far. So it's, it's been great. So you, great don't, you don't hate your life yet? <laughs> no, absolutely not. It's no gun to his head, we swear. <laughs> But uh, yeah, Jackson's been a, a great addition to the team, especially on the behind the scenes stuff, um, you know, doing his internship for school. So he's been a great addition and we really appreciate your uh, your help. It's been good. Yeah. Big, Haw big Hawks fan, right? Or uh, at least somewhat of a Hawks fan. Uh, bigger back when they were a little bit better, um, but yeah. still I still follow them. I'm still mainly disappointed these days. Um <laughs> Yeah, Big, I hear you. Another another loss today against Vancouver. Not surprising, but tickets yeah. are cheap, though. You got that going for you. Well, I'm up. I'm up here in Wisconsin, yeah, so I can't fair. get there. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, we're we're very happy to have you on board, and uh, just wanted to give you a little shout out and intro there. 
Um, but let's get rolling here, fellas. So question of the day, and I'm going to give Yacht Lenders some credit for this. Uh, I don't give him credit for anything, but I'll have to give him credit for this. Uh, he got this from NBC Sports. If you had to wear a jersey from your least favorite sports team, what player would you choose? And I think this is going to be an interesting one considering our uh, fandom. So let me let me make sure I understand the question because the way it was written, I was so confused at first. It was Same. I was like because it, it says if you had to wear a jersey from your least favorite sports team, who would it be? So when I read that, I was like, oh, are you just asking me who my least favorite sports team is? Like that's well, no. So you you pick your least favorite sports team, okay? But you have to pick if you had to wear that jersey. So let's say for you guys, it's a Penguins jersey. What uh-huh. Penguins player active would you choose to I wear? See. Active, active player. That that's a. Can it be a? Can it be a player that's on the Penguins, but it's not their Penguins jersey? The fuck does that mean? What the fuck? Like that, I would just do Crosby's uh, jersey from the queue because that thing was nasty. No, no, it's got. No, it's got to be a Penguins jersey. Oh, that's tough. For me, it's got to be a Caps jersey. So that. That, that is well, I feel hard. like this is a good question. I'm curious. I feel like this is a lot say, easier for you, Harry, because the Caps have a lot of good like American players. Yeah. So for me, I- I'm kind of torn. Right. I love I love TJ Oshie. I-, I loved him before he was a cap. Um, obviously, he gets on my under my skin now. But the whole Team USA thing, he's definitely on there. I'm torn, though, because and I-, I told I told you outlander this is that. If I had Tom Wilson like on the Penguins, he'd be my favorite player instantly. No questions asked. So I just don't – I guess I'd probably pick Oshie because I can't really like imagine the whole Wilson scenario. But <laughs> I, would, I would not be ashamed to say Wilson would probably be my second just because I think, uh, I think he'd be probably my favorite player if he was on my team. Respect. I, uh, I have a lot of respect for that actually because there's, there's tons of fans of other teams around the league that – won't admit that they would love Wilson if he was on their team, but that's all. That's neither here nor there. Anyway, What's up, I would New say, York. yeah, there you go. I would say if I had to wear a Penguins jersey, the first one that came to mind is actually Brian Rust. God I knew it, it, Mac. I knew God, it. I have it, always Mac. been a fan of Rust. He's uh, I like his playing style. It kind of reminds me of the way I used to play, just like really nitty gritty, but like he'll surprise you with a, a nice shot every now and then. Um. Yeah, I, I would take him on my team any day, honestly. I got to go with Casey DeSmith. I love when he's in goal for the Penguins. <laughs> nice. Good one. Good one. <laughs> all, like, all seriousness, Brian Rust was going to be my pick, too, because he's mm-hmm. on my fantasy team, and honestly, he gets me, like, 2.1 a night. So I considered Jeff Carter for a moment just because I think That's he's a good one swag. too. And like, I, He's just got a lot of swagger. You can't hate Brian Boyle. No, that's true. That's, that's actually fair. a really good one. Yeah. He's yeah, definitely a fan fave. Yeah, that's also fair. Jackson, you got any that come to mind? Doesn't have to be hockey. Just want to give you the opportunity <sighs> to answer. I'm sensing like an old school Red Wings name coming here, like a Lidstrom, <laughs> Draper, Zetterberg, <laughs> something like that. I mean, Duke. you got to keep in mind, I really didn't start following hockey till I was 10 years old. So to be fair, it also pick- said sports team. So I guess it doesn't have to be. It hockey. doesn't have to be very hockey. true. I'll, I'll, I'll keep I'll keep it in theme just to, just to make everything make sense. Um, I'd probably he's not on the team anymore, but back in the day, I'd have to probably say David Backus. He I hated That's a great him answer. so That's much. A good one. That's but a great answer. 
if active players, I'd say Vladimir Tarasenko. I know he hasn't okay. been playing a ton, but uh, I just hate the Blues with passion. <laughs> I, I was so pissed when they finally won. I was the one time I root for a Boston team. The one yeah. time. <laughs> right. The one time. Yeah. Yeah, as a no, Hawks fan, that makes sense. Those are good answers. Yeah, that, that was a good playoff rivalry there for and a couple of years. That's a tough ask for a Hawks fan to root for the Bruins because rewind three years and it was yep. that yeah. scenario. Yep. Yeah, it was it was tough. And I'm not a huge fan of Brad Marchand a whole ton. Oh. So oh. I think you're uh, I, I don't think, think the, you're the only one. I think <laughs> that's the first time the pod is yeah, fitting four in for nicely four. here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Alrighty. Well, before we get into the news, we just want to let you guys know that this episode is brought to you by Brackish Life. Let's take a minute to talk about Brackish Life. If you're like us and grew up on the water and outdoors, then Brackish Life is perfect for you. They have a wide selection of gear from UV shirts to hoodies and hats. It's Real Bay Apparel made by Real Bay people. Head to www.brackish.life today to check them out. A little salty, a little fresh Brackish Life. I want to add in there, they just dropped a brand new shirt, Be More Brackish UV Protection. Phenomenal looking shirt. Got that nice little tan to it as the base layer, and then a little bit of Baltimore Orioles orange in that Be More. Big fan. I'll be purchasing. Perfect for opening design. day. Yeah, I liked it too. I actually have one thing to add here about Brackish Life as well, and I think everybody's going to like this one. So some of you know, I played in a pond hockey tournament over the weekend in Milwaukee and uh, it was freezing cold. It was puck drop for my first game. It was a Friday night game. So it was under the lights. It was feels like temperature was below zero. I want to say the real temperature was around two or three degrees. Uh, I am one of those guys that gets really hot when I'm playing hockey. Normally if I'm playing in a real rink, I don't wear any shirts or anything like that under my shoulder pads. I just go, you know, tarp off. But uh, I was really not sure what to wear for this. Cause I was like, okay, I know I'm going to get cold. Also I'm not wearing shoulder pads in a pond hockey tournament. I ended up wearing just a brackish life, long sleeve shirt with a Jersey over top. And it was like, perfect. I did not get cold at all. I didn't get too hot either. It was the exact thing I needed with just a long sleeve UV brackish life shirt. So I don't know how clothes like clothes science. Is that a thing? I don't know how that has advanced so far where you can be like warm and cold, like cool in your clothes at the same time. Like that's so confusing. It's impressive, but Uh, good gear. That's all I got to say. Long sleeve and a jersey and zero borderline zero degrees. You, you've you've adopted Wisconsin truly. Once you get skating around, though, it's like might as well be uh, like fifty I, degrees. It doesn't matter. That's fair. No, so like, I, I mean, I, you were out there on the ODR with me, and you were you were shedding layers pretty quick. You know how it is. Yeah. And imagine I, you're playing like an actual game, like too. I was know? bundled though. I was yeah, definitely bundled. Um, and it was also, I think. I think it was like around 20 or something that day, but I get dude, zero degrees. That's, that's brutal on a lake. Yeah. That's rough. I, I tip my cap to you. Um, but Nick, I'm going to toss it off to you to drive the bus for the league news. Yeah. Um, and it's crazy to think that we're here already, but Olympic hockey is starting this week. The first slate of games will start on Thursday, February 3rd. So the day after you guys listen to this, we have USA and Finland, Canada and Switzerland and Russia and Switzerland is going to be the following day on February 4th. 
as is extremely typical with every major international tournament, Canada gets a gimme right off the bat and the United States faces one of their toughest opponents. Part for the course. What else is classic? Finland has played the United States so hard in like every major tournament. I mean, I feel like every semifinal that the U S has had to play in to get to a gold medal game has been through Finland. Uh, world juniors this past year olympics in 2010 if you guys don't remember that and then they actually lost to the Finns uh in world junior gold with uh that team that had capo caco on it uh it was like a one zip just absolute shitbag hockey game but yeah uh that was just brutal to watch so hopefully the americans get it done um interested to see what those canadian and russian teams look like when they hit the ice i mean switzerland's no slouch but obviously if they had their nhl players i think they would have a much better chance two names if you don't know any names to watch in this uh you know upcoming olympics uh both for team canada surprise surprise uh mason mctavish and Owen Power. Those oh. would probably be the two guys. Owen Power, first overall in last year's draft by the Buffalo Sabres. And then Mason McTavish, one of the best-rated prospects in the NHL for the Anaheim Ducks, I believe, right? He so. had a monster first 10 games of the season. Yeah, so those are probably the two kids, and I mean that quite literally, kids that I would watch out for. Literally, because the guys they're playing with could be their dads. Uh, I mean, yes. It's crazy to think about. I mean, you know, imagine you're – you're in your first year of uh, college or as our neighbors to the North call it university. Um, and then now all of a sudden you have a chance to go play in the Olympics and win gold with Eric Stahl and Daniel Winnick and Davey DeHarnay and all these guys. It's just gotta be nuts. Yeah. A little bit. It's funny. Yeah. Eric Stahl could literally be Owen Powers dad. So. Absolutely. He could. Uh, moving on, President Biden is planning to award Willie O'Ree the Congressional Gold Medal. Uh, that is the highest civilian honor someone in our country can earn, and he is going to be awarded it for extraordinary contributions and commitment to hockey, inclusion, and recreational opportunity. I think this is absolutely fantastic. This is not only great for everything that was just mentioned there, but for hockey as a whole. Yeah, this is super awesome. I was pumped to see this. Uh, I think it was only, what, like last year that wasn't the Bruins – finally decided to uh, retire him or uh, yeah, retire his number, right? Kind of yep. took them a long time to get around to that. So I'm glad to see Willie getting the respect he deserves. That dude is an absolute class act. 100%. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. From one class act to the polar opposite, the Arizona Coyotes are in advanced talks with Arizona State University to use their multi-purpose arena as their home for the next three to four years. Before we dive into this a little bit, I want to say right off the bat, the first thing that comes to my mind is I'm glad that they're thinking about this because clearly it means they're planning to build a new arena somewhere. And really the only option for this team is to go to Scottsdale. That was your first thought? Because I, my mind went elsewhere. Yeah, I, well, had one. <laughs> I, had, I, had, I had follow-up thoughts after this. Uh, yeah. So I have a couple ideas in my head that were like, this actually could make a little bit of sense. So you go into an already existing fan base. That's a big sports school for people that don't know. Uh, They take their sports very seriously. I've been to that campus before. It is absolutely gorgeous uh, in more ways than one. Um, (laughs) You think about the students that are going there. If they're from in-state, they could be Coyotes fans. If they're from out of state, they're going to buy tickets when their team is in town. 
Isn't that, this um, Samantha's alma mater? Wasn't she? Just is, tell, she was just say. telling us. If you yeah. listen to the episode with Samantha Pell recently, she was just telling us that it's a huge sports school, really strong following for all their sports. So you yeah. got a point there. I'll give that to you. I think there could be some cool promos with student ticket deals, like we used to get as uh, Harry and I when we were Towson students. We got um, five dollar or seven dollar Orioles tickets on Friday night. It was like such a steal. You go down on the light rail, just get blasted, and come back home somehow. I um, used to rock. Everybody yeah. would go to that. that Absolutely. Those, uh, the upper bowl was just so much fun then because everyone would just clump together and hang out. Uh, that being said, there's some other things that come to mind when you think about NHL hockey players invading a college campus, but I'll let everyone's imagination <laughs> run wild there. So uh, what do you guys think about this? Like, I mean, are the Coyotes just this desperate to sell out? Like what what's happening here? So I think the arena sits please don't quote me on this. I think I saw it on Instagram, like 6,000 people, 5,000 people. I think this just became the most fun venue to watch an NHL game at How can for, it a lot more re- for a lot more reasons than I'm saying right there, but I'll let you uh, decipher that as you will. <laughs> no, I think- I mean, <laughs> upon first like news of this, I remember just being floored by it. Cause it just doesn't seem real or like something we ever would have seen happen, but I mean, leave it to the coyotes, right? Like if there was one team that was going to do some shit like this, it's gotta be them. Uh, I, I kind of hope it does happen because of all the reasons you've both said already, I think it would be fascinating to see. And, you know, you got to think they would sell out a 5,000 like they would, right? That, they have that... to, they have to. Yeah. <laughs> And if this I, does I hate happen, that I have to even question that, but if this does happen, we have to do. Oh it, my it's God. Le- gambling's legal in Arizona. We can yeah. easily do something. Well, you're talking about a road trip to the game or something. Yes. For multiple reasons, but yes, yes for, for many reasons. Um, <laughs> the weather's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the grand Canyon's right there. There's just so much beautiful to see scenery. And, so much to All see right. and do. If you know what I'm saying. Okay. Moving yeah. on. All right. <laughs> Anyways, uh, NHL All-Star Game. So the NHL has announced that MGK will be performing at the 2022 All-Star Game. Uh, Let's go to our resident music expert over here, Mac Vogel. What do we think about this? Um, Well, you know what? I have some pretty mixed feelings about MGK. As uh, I grew up a big Eminem fan, wasn't too happy when that whole diss track thing happened a couple of years ago. However, I do have some respect for what MGK is doing. I'm also a big pop punk fan. I kind of like that he like ventured into that genre with his latest album. And my most recent MGK opinion was formulated over the summer when my roommate and one of my other buddies actually went to go see him at the rave which is right over here where i live and it's great venue and they were like neither of them are really huge mgk fans they just ended up with these tickets went to the show and like ever since then they were like dude that was one of the best like performances like i guess i don't know say what you will about the guy but i've heard he puts on spectacular shows i think he's he's a true performer that's definitely the case so i don't know he seems like the right kind of guy to play like the all-star game i think it'll be fun for the fans yeah and i um 
I'm a huge Travis Barker fan, obviously huge Blink-182 fan. So like the fact that he was brought in on that album was, it was huge for me. The drums sound great. There's no denying that. Absolutely. And you know, it's him right away when you hear Mm -hmm. it too. Um, That's sort of like what segued me into listening to his music a little bit more. I think this is good. I mean, I'm just happy it's someone current. I'm happy the NHL didn't try and, you know, please Don Cherry and go get like, I don't know, who would he listen to? Rod Stewart or something like that to like play play the all-star game. So. Or I feel like every year they either, it's always either like Imagine Dragons or like the Arkells, and it's like <laughs> what, it's like what it's like what people think like young people like listening to, you right. know? It's like just that classic genre of like, yeah, this is what young people like, right? right. Remember when Imagine Dragons made the Golden Knights lose the Stanley Cup? That was awesome. Yeah, that was pretty cool. That was so funny. Anyways, uh. Uh, someone put a bullet point bullet point in here asking if Megan Fox will be there. I don't know if she will, but I know that Adam Fox won't be because Koozie's going to replace him in the all-star game. Uh, so Adam Fox is going to miss it due to injury. Uh, Koozie what steps a in. segue. Thank Holy you. Holy shit. Yeah. Also, I'd Phenomenal. like to point out that like I did work today and it's like 1045 at night right now and I'm completely seeing spots, but that's because you're, you're uh, you just you're drinking some brain juice right now. It's right. Uh, like my know. brain's been shut down for a month. Now it's coming back to normal. Yeah, so that's all. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't joking when I said this was the after files. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Late night uh, files. Whatever. Yeah, we did the early morning files for a while. Now we're in the late night files. Yeah. Um, I like Koozie going to the all-star game. I think that's, you know, hysterical because Koozie is a hysterical human being. Uh, the league is trying to get creative with these skill competition ideas. Harry, what do you think about these? Yeah. So for the people who don't know what we're referencing, basically for the skills competition, they're implementing two different outdoor, not on ice skate skill competitions. They're going to be called the fountain face-offs and the blackjack. It's basically Ryan Reeves fights someone in the parking lot. Essentially, yes. But uh, fountain face-offs, if you've ever been to Vegas, there's a huge fountain in front of the Bellagio. It's the famous one that shoots up the water. It's a huge tourist attraction. They're going to have a face-off competition on shoes in the fountain. Um, And I guess, you know, the players will be like standing on platforms. I think this is how they wanted to do the NFL draft before COVID happened. And then it never happened. Um, so that's kind of weird. I, I mean, I think the scenery will be cool, but like, I don't really think anyone cares about face-offs on shoes, to be quite frank. The cooler one, and I think this will kind of be a hit, is the blackjack portion. So this is going to be accuracy shooting, but instead of having four targets on a net, they have like this big, giant projector screen. It looks like there's tiles. It's like all these squares connected that make up one big projector screen. And there's going to be 52 targets. And I believe each little panel or square that makes up the whole screen will have different point values. That I think is cool in a home run. I do think that'll be interesting because you could have, let's say, you know, um, a tile that's, you know, 10 feet off the ground because this thing's so big. Well, now you got guys shooting, you know, flipping pucks, trying to do like dumping chases to try to hit it. I think that's pretty neat. Oh, that's good. Is Daniel Sprong in the all-star game? (laughs) <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding i'm just kidding they should Why bring should... him out just for that one just for that he'd elite honestly sniper be nasty. daniel strong yeah right he can go up against elite sniper um andy green there you go but uh what do you guys think of this i think it's a, I, I think it's good effort i think this is cool i think the face-off one is goofy and gimmicky as hell like i mean i mean the whole thing like the whole all-star game and the skills shit has always been very gimmicky and i 
personally have never cared a ton about it. And I think that this kind of falls into that same category of like, I don't really give a shit, but like, sure. I'm sure some people will like it. (laughs) Yeah. I will be betting the all-star game, by the way. Uh, Oh, a hundred percent picks to be revealed soon. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Uh, uh, Nick, I'll let you take the wheel back, though. The Abs are now within striking distance of breaking the all-time home win streak, which is held by Detroit, as we covered last episode. As of today, which is the 31st of January, they have won 18 home games in a row. I think it's worth noting that they're also on a 10-game winning streak overall. And here's some fun facts for you about what was going on the last time the Avs lost at home. So the Oilers were first in the NHL. That's like eight different layers of hysterical. Uh, The Islanders had not opened their new arena yet. Jack Eichel was still a Buffalo Sabre. Evander Kane was a San Jose Shark. And the Coyotes had yet to win a game in the season. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) That's that's pretty crazy. Wow. I also think it's uh, I would be remiss, Harry vocab word. I would be remiss uh, if I did not mention that among this home game winning streak, they won. uh, What was it last Wednesday? I believe in overtime against the Bruins, a very good hockey team. And they were down by two after two periods for the first time, I think all season Mm -hmm. or maybe, maybe just at home or something like that. But either way, they came back in the third, tied it up, won it in overtime. It was sick. Your boy live bet it. And yeah. Yeah. Those I are think... a great live bet. They are. Nick, you, you come back. Stat, like... That's actually why we did it. Yeah. Because... yeah Nick, Nick had a stat in episode 108 where I think the Avs have come back. Um, seven when... out of their eight games this month. They came yeah. from like down they were multiple losing goals. at some point. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. The Avs are a absolute wagon. wagon and we'll this we'll get might into be that. the year for them honestly it might be mm. yeah we'll we'll get into it a little later in the episode um but this next bullet point is a uh, sore topic at this moment right now so i'll let nick take it yeah well uh if you didn't keep up with the internet for the last week evander kane signed with the oilers and then scored in his oilers debut against the habs over the weekend that went about as well as you thought it would for the habs because the oilers won seven to two the Oilers did not beat the Senators today. That's all I'll say. Do we want to like talk about this now? Do we want to just like get it out of the way now? All right. So let's like <laughs> for anyone who didn't like see the clip, I pledged two weeks ago that I would never bet the Edmonton Oilers ever again because I've probably lost at this point in my life close to probably four to five hundred dollars on them in my <laughs> lifetime, something around there. Um, Before you I, go on, what did Mac and I say was going to happen? Immediately after you <laughs> said that you would never do it again, we were like, okay, I hope we're recording this because we're going to grab this clip and put it right <laughs> next to you yeah. betting them in like a week, maybe two. And here we are two yeah. weeks later. Well, Matt Murray, my favorite player, as you all know, favorite goalie, <laughs> uh, had to bet against him, right? He hadn't had a start in a while. Maybe that's what bit me in the ass in hindsight, but they took it to overtime against the Sens and fucking Stutzla, whoever the hell you say it, ends me. It was actually spot on. It was a great shot. I just I can't win betting the Oilers. I don't know why I do it. It's truly an addiction. I think I need to seek help. 
<laughs> not for like gambling overall, but like gambling on the Oilers because I know I'm going to do it again. But is there sad. a specific phone number for like, I know they always list like if you know someone that needs help, but is there a specific extension for like if you know someone who needs help specifically betting on the Oilers, then like dial extension? I would just assume there's like a like eight numbers in Edmonton for like people to call in and like rant about the Oilers in general. So I'm sure you can find one online. 1-800-McJesus. Is what I heard. I don't know if that's accurate or not. But yeah, I lost another Oilers bet. I think I've lost probably my last 10 in a row betting the Oilers. So Wow. But hey, I made people money. I told everyone to fade me. So, you know. It's true. I mean, that is a very noble sacrifice. You you dove on the grenade. You just let it, you know, blow yeah. you to smithereens and everyone else can just walk around with their buckets collecting the money. I'm a man of the people. What can I say? What can you say? Out here, you know, putting in the work, you know, for you people out there. So, uh. Um, that being said, speaking of McJesus, I'm actually going to get to watch him play for the first time live this Wednesday. I am so oh, excited. Shit. I cannot I, wait. Um, how'd you get tickets to that? Honestly, dude, like go on Ticketmaster right now. They are dirt cheap. Wednesday night game really? at Cap One. Oilers are in town. We are front row in the 400s, and they were like 45 bucks each. Damn. Which Ooh, Harrison? Yeah, that's uh, what like that's what you and I paid to go watch Zach's first game. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, good for you. That'll be good a good stuff. one. Yeah, looking forward to it. Uh, moving on, Carey Price spoke to the media over the weekend for the first time in a long time, pretty much since the Stanley Cup final last season. Spoke on his future with the team as well as his rehab process. Uh, he had knee surgery, obviously, over the offseason and told the media that he hopes he can make a full recovery, but he's anxious about how it will affect his performance. Obviously, if you're a goaltender, that's going to affect you a lot. So there's a lot of media saying that Price has already played his last game in the NHL. They've been saying this about Shea Weber too. Uh, I would hate to see this because I think that would be a horrible end for one of the best goaltenders that I've ever had the privilege of watch play the game. Yeah, it, it really does suck. It's unfortunate that a lot go on this off season as you know, people have seen through following the storylines and, uh, now he, he he said in the press conference that he definitely wants to stay in Montreal. He wouldn't want to play for any other team. So, you know, maybe if I were him, there's no point in coming back this season. I don't really – there's just none. I think if he's going to come back, you know, pack it up, wait till next year, make a full recovery, really weigh your options and see what you want to do. But um, I hope he gets back. I, I, I'm going to be honest, though. It sounds like from what the media is saying, they're not very – optimistic about it so um i'm not i don't know any more than they do i'm just telling you what i read yeah it would definitely be a shame i got a lot of admiration for this guy the way he's battled the way he's been super candid about his battle through all of it and um yeah we're all rooting for him for sure we hope that uh you gotta hope it doesn't end up to be like a bishop situation right where ben bishop kind of tried to battle back had a couple games in the minors and that's kind of when he knew he wasn't gonna be able to do it so um, he's a great goalie and hopefully we'll see him play some more games soon. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I don't like Montreal by any means. I am still like, as far as like capitals playoff losses go, 2010 is still one that is like an open wound for me. And for most caps fans, based on max reaction, it wasn't price. It was Halak. So I really don't have that like animosity towards price. Like I do any of the other guys that were on that team. 
Uh, speaking of the Habs, let's move on from uh, one slightly positive thing to one slightly negative thing for them. Trevor Zegras, the highlight reel, got another addition as he pulls off the Michigan against the Habs. Fun fact, every scoop and score behind the net goal has been pulled off against a Canadian team. It's a great stat. That is a I'll, great stat and completely meaningless, but he is uh he's something else, man. He just doesn't give a shit and, and does whatever he wants. Thing ever. It really is. I mean, to be honest with you, I think I think that might be the most impressive one. Maybe Forsberg's back when he did it against Edmonton a couple years ago, but this Zegers one, full speed, doesn't stop, just a clean scoop and the Sally's awesome. I'm a huge fan of when guys, you know, give me the little gimme fingers. I'm a huge fan of that. Um, yeah, I mean, he broke the internet again. What can you say? I mean, I love the fact that they're bringing him into the all-star game solely for the breakaway challenge. It's yeah. He's going to be must watch. That's, that's the cool. NHL finally going, Oh, let's give the people what they actually want to see. Yeah. Yeah. They're trying to go viral on TikTok, and that's one of the best yeah. ways to do it. They're, yep. they're catching up with the times. Yeah, catching up with us, you know, going viral on TikTok. What can you do? Uh, <laughs> last week was the greatest hockey player to ever live's birthday, Wayne Gretzky, number 99, uh, along with my niece, Ava. I do want to say happy birthday to her. She turned two, so that's awesome. Uh, in honor of the great one's birthday last week, uh, we know that Wayne Gretzky popularized the jersey tuck that many NHL players have used in various forms to this day. You see Kuzi use it. You see Ovi use it all the time. But do you know why he started to do that? Didn't he attach it to his jersey, if I'm not mistaken? I I want to say he might have actually, or to his pants, rather. I think he might have actually like gotten it like hemmed or stitched to the pants or something like that but i can't remember i think exactly you're right why. uh so the actual reason is because he was like a 10 year old playing in a league with like 16 year olds and mm. the jerseys were so big that the only way that he could wear them was to stuff them into his pants wow that's actually hilarious right i thought it was gonna have some like functional thing but then i remembered he played in the 70s and that probably wasn't <laughs> right thing i also would think it's worth pointing out did you know that um tucking your jersey by the rule book is actually a penalty yeah yes. you can't do it anymore they changed that maybe five or five or six years ago something like that because ovi used to do it and now he yeah. and they would make yeah. him undo it all the time yeah he Mal got really pissed about it malkin's notorious for that yep. absolutely also yeah, speaking I mean, of uh speaking of ovi it was kind of weird a few seconds ago i heard nick say that it was the greatest hockey player that's ever lived birthday recently and i know ovi's birthday is in september so i don't know i'm just kind of confused about that he, um he shares a birthday with someone who's got a birthday in september i keep forgetting okay. who yeah weird no i don't know i was just confused <laughs> uh another insane gretzky stat for you guys so he when he was 14 so think about where you were when you were 14 uh, he played junior B hockey with the Toronto nationals in a league with 20 year olds. So in a league with guys that can drive, drink beer, vote, you know, do all those adulting things. Uh, he finished that season in 1975, 76 with 60 points in 28 games. Yeah. It's ridiculous. And then the next year he had 72 and 32. Yeah, that's, that's that's pretty funny to imagine. Like, what do you think the other guys in his locker room were thinking? Like, when he rolls up and they're like, "Wow, we really have to play with a fourteen-year-old on our like, team." That's who, like, who brought weird. their little brother? Like, 
as and a then like and... maybe like three games later they're like all right we're good with it it's fine yeah like just give the kid the puck <laughs> yeah what that's like a freshman in high school versus a sophomore in college that's insane oh my god that's just like a solid like two points a game without breaking a sweat yeah with double xl jersey yeah that's a kid who is like that's wild doesn't know what to do with themselves versus a kid that's shaving once a day yeah quite literally i can't even the difference between a 20 and a 14 year old i can't believe i have to actually explain this but it's kind of wild yeah yeah it's like six years yeah yeah couple discussions to get to That was good. I, it I was good. It you. Not uh, too good at math, but you know, sometimes we did. All three of us did graduate college. Just saying. There you uh, go. We're officially at the halfway point of the NHL season. Uh, I want to know, and Harry, you posed this question, and I love it. Who is your most surprisingly good player and surprisingly bad player so far this year? Yeah, I thought it was a reasonable question. You know, a lot of guys are, a lot of teams, I should say, are forty-one games in, so we're halfway to eighty-two. We got the all-star break, the Olympics coming up. So just kind of wanted to pose this question. I Instead of doing teams, because I think that's a little obvious, I wanted to pose the question with players because sometimes that can be lost in the shuffle a little bit more. Um, so for me, in terms of bad, and I don't know if it's so much the player or the team, but Cole Caulfield from, went from being the most hyped player, you know, and probably the entire league last year when the Canadians made their miracle run that probably should have never happened, uh, to this year where he has eight points, and here's the more glaring one, one goal in 29 games played so far this season. He's a minus 15 in terms of plus minus. I mean, Montreal's been bad. Uh, I think Mac has had two or three clips on our Instagram explaining some stats just to, you know, how bad they really are. But Cole Caulfield has just had a horrible, horrible sophomore year here, and uh, I really do kind of feel bad for him. Good American boy, always rooting for him, but uh, it's bad up in Montreal. So he's definitely a guy that I think has underperformed so far. And then in terms of good, I don't think anybody could have seen what has happened with Nazem Kadri this year. I mean, you look at the top three in scoring, you got Dry Seidel, Huberdo, and Kadri. And I think a lot of people would probably say that would have been McKinnon instead of Kadri up there. But Kadri's taken the bull by the horns and he hasn't looked back. He looks extremely good. Well-deserved all-star game appearance as well. I'll tell you what, part of it is because he's shooting the puck so damn much too. You look at some of their score sheets at the end of the night and he's ended up with like six, seven, eight shots a night sometimes. That's, I mean, that's way better than what we saw out of Kadri when he was in like Toronto or he didn't see uh, the puck that much for sure. No, definitely not. And I think this is what people were kind of expecting of him. Like when he came out of junior coming out of London and having, you know, just that sort of pedigree behind you. I think people were expecting this kind of production, um, you know, Leafs fans, sorry, once you get, you know, your hopes up once again, it just didn't pan out, but um, yeah, I mean, he's been absolutely fantastic. Uh, I, one of you guys, Mac, I think it was, you like talked about his shot props last week or two weeks ago. I mean, those are off the charts and that is such a steal if you can get them cheap. You want to go next, Nick, or you want me to, uh, I can go next. So for good, I'm going to go with Troy Terry. Uh, he's been an absolute stud this season. He's basically a point a game. He's got 41 points in 42 games. We knew this guy was good. I don't think we expected this level of production this year. That Ducks team has been 
sneaky hot all year. And honestly, I'm going to stick with the Ducks when I go with uh, my bad. I'm going to go with Jakob Silverberg. I wouldn't say necessarily bad, just a little bit of underperforming here. Like, like I said, the Ducks have been sneaky good, but he's only got 15 points in 42 games, which for, for him, I would say is a big drop off compared to somewhere of his teammates are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Good points all around. Uh, I'll start with my good player and I want to preface it by saying I always expect this guy to be good. I've never doubted him. I know he's a good player, but I did not expect him to be as good as he has been this year. And that is Chris Kreider. Uh, This dude was literally, I don't know if he still is, but he was leading the NHL in goals just a couple days ago. Uh, He has 46 games played 31 goals, 13 apples for 44 points. He's plus 12 on the year. Uh, he's a good two-way player in that way too. He doesn't just score him. He keeps the puck out of his own that too. So he's, especially in a contract year and at his age, hell of a player still. And then yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. My bad player. And this one's, this one's tough. Cause I've actually always been a huge fan of this guy. And I think we talked about him for a different reason, uh, maybe a week or two ago, but Tyler to obviously this is another product of being on the Montreal Canadians. And like, if your team's not playing well, how well can you play? But he was a huge proponent in not only their cup run last year, but just their season overall. Uh, And this year he's only got nine goals so far, 16 assists. Uh, He's minus four on the year. That also isn't totally his fault because, you know, they get scored on all the fucking time. So, Uh, but yeah, I'd like to see a little more out of Toffoli. I drafted him in fantasy and I made sure to trade him like two or three weeks in because I was like, nah, this is not going to be his year. So. It's a good call. Uh, that being said, do you think that the fact that he's having like an off season is going to like jump up his trade stock at all? Like, do you think that makes people go, Oh, like, let me try and get this guy on the cheap here, or maybe for a little bit less than what I would have a year or two ago. I think that there will definitely be some more wiggle room. However, I think that the, the Habs can stay pretty strong and, and simply like, refer teams to the fact that like the last couple of years he's been shut down and even with wasn't he with vancouver for one year right before he went to montreal and yep. he had a pretty solid yep. year there too they like, had a playoff yeah. showing that year demko stood on mm-hmm. his head for those games yeah. yeah and he's had like a couple of hat tricks in the last like few years too like the dude it, he's he's a hell of a player he's only 29 still like he's got juice left in the tank so i feel like he's like a gamer like he shows up in big games he does definitely, definitely. and a reminder that canucks team that uh moved on to the second round they beat the oilers in the first round and i bet the oilers so <laughs> yeah, i remember you actually, reiterating that uh, point convinced me to do the same thing so yeah that's stupid um, but I, yeah i want to see Tafoli on a different team because i think he's a hell of a player and i think he just needs a change of scenery maybe a team that wears red who knows uh let's we move know. on uh what is your hot take for the rest of the season? Harry, I want to go to you first. Yeah. Uh, before I say this, I want to just let this be known. This is not something that I think will a hundred percent happen. This is something that you throw out there that you think is a real possibility. I listened to my favorite sports radio guy, Colin coward this morning. I think he's awesome. I know a lot of people hate him, but people hate anybody who gives an opinion these days. So what else is new? But he basically said, Nobody listen. Nobody wants to listen to someone who just tells you game recaps. It's not interesting. People want to listen to people who predict things. That's why people, whenever he, he was saying, when he goes out to restaurants and people see him, they ask him, what do you think is going to happen with Jimmy G? Or what do you think is going to happen with Tom Brady? Blah, blah. So that's kind of what spurred this, right? 
I don't think it is crazy to think that up to this point in the season, I think the Minnesota Wild could have a run at the Stanley Cup. I really do. I think that they are a they are the most slept on team in the NHL. Other than Kaprizov, not a lot of people can name names on that top six. It's just the way it is. They're not they're not super flashy. And we're going to get into this a little later. They got some guys on that team who are having career seasons, and you're just not hearing anything about it. So I, for my hot take, I think the Minnesota Wild, I don't think they will win the Stanley Cup, but I think they can win the Stanley Cup. And if I were to have a hot take, Minnesota for the Cup. I dig it. I don't hate it. I think that my only qualm there, I think the biggest obstacle standing in their way of achieving that goal, and it's nothing against the guy, but I don't know that Cam Talbot can take them all the That's way the to the Stanley Cup. I mean, he's he's played really well this year. I'll give it to him. He has. Um, and then the other thing is when you, when you were saying, I was just trying to kind of envision it, and I feel like for me, the Wild, at least this Wild team, is that team that like finds a way to make it to the Stanley Cup final, and then they either get swept or they get beaten like five games by like a way better team. Similar to like how last year, you know how like I feel like a lot of times in the Cup final we get like <laughs> two teams that meet and they just weren't on the same level, and then one of them like kicks Kings the crap devils. out of the other one. Yeah, exactly. Or even like both of the Penguins ones, like. I know they were six games, but still, like Nashville and San Jose didn't really. I didn't really think I mean, they had like a save for that win. one game. San Jose won in overtime. I didn't really feel like they were ever in that series. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. I could totally see the Wild like getting there and then losing to like fucking Bruins or some shit like that. You know, I could yeah. see them going deep in the playoffs. Like I, I don't know. I feel like if they get like another good piece at the deadline, like uh, Mac. I know your brain was doing the same thing as mine. Like you do the goalie test, then you do the third line test, then you mm-hmm. look at like who the superstars are and who they would be matching up against. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's there. I mean, Kaprizov and Fiala, I think, have been fantastic all year. Totally. Um, the back end, I think, has looked a lot better than a lot of people thought it would, considering the fact that Spurgeon's been hurt for God mm-hmm. knows how long. So had a lot of injuries too. Yeah, yeah I think they're uh, they're going to be one of those people around the deadline who might look to shore up their uh um their goaltending situation i don't know if they would bring in someone to replace talbot they have cocking in as a backup who's not necessarily you know awful, both their stats but... both their stats have been i looked at it this morning they're both their stats are really good both are well above... my uh he's like my third or fourth fantasy goalie that i've got because i go with a four goalie wheelhouse but uh i mean he's yeah. been solid for me so far they're both below a 2.4 gaa i think they're both either right at or right above a 9-10 save percentage of so decent numbers. I think Kakinen's only lost like two regulation games all season. If that. Yeah, so that's my hot take. Nick, what's yours? The Vancouver Canucks will make the playoffs, and I'm actually going to go ahead and take this one a step further. They're going to win a playoff series, maybe two. Wow, that is a hot take. Lofty. I don't. I've Let seen me, uh, what Thatcher Demko can do when he gets to the playoffs. All he's got to do is get there. Then the Canucks have to actually play hockey and like actually help him win games. They need to get some pieces at the deadline if they want to make this happen. But I, I want, like I said about Harry's, I don't think you're like, I think you're in the ballpark for sure. I think it's definitely something that could happen. And I so, think they're going to be a buyer at the deadline this year. Like, I don't think they're going to sell house like they have for the last five years. As of this very moment, the two wildcard teams in the West would be St. Louis and Calgary. Uh, 
I, let's just mention Calgary for a second because St. Louis is way ahead of them. So Calgary has that second wild card spot with 48 points in 40 games played. Uh, the Canucks have 46 points, but with 45 games played. So there's a little bit of a games played difference there. But in between those two, you've got Edmonton and San Jose and Winnipeg is right there behind Vancouver. So it's going to be a fun chase. I don't I don't think Dallas it's unrealistic. Too. Dallas yeah, is Dallas barking too. up the tree there. Too. And none of those teams you just mentioned inspire any confidence in me. I feel that. No, I, I kind of agree with you. I think all those other teams may like end up just floating to the bottom when, all, when it's all said and done. I have um, no idea what's going on with Dallas, by the way. That, that is like, to quote Charles Dickens, team. ready, literary brain coming out, a tale of two cities, literally. Yep. I have no idea what's going on. It's a tough team to bet on. I'll tell you that you really don't know what you're going to get. And Hopi has had some great games and he's had some poor ones and Ottinger has looked good. And then the team has played like shit in front of him and other ones. So it, yeah, it's a mess there for sure. I don't know what's going on. All right. Are you ready for my hot take? You guys are like this one. Here we go. The Anaheim ducks will win the division. Oh, I don't hate that. And you know, look at the division. Yeah, you so, want to know why? Because the Oilers aren't going to make the playoffs. <laughs> so Anaheim is they're tied, tied for first right now. Well, I guess technically yeah. they're in second because they have more games played than Vegas. But they have the same amount of points as Vegas does, who is in first, and that's 55 points. In third mm-hmm. place is the Kings with 53. They're not going to stay there. They're going to fall. The, the Flames have a lot of games to catch up on playing. I think there's a chance they'll be able to climb into that third slot, but like, I really don't see the Oilers getting it together. I actually like, I, I just don't, I don't understand how that is a team that's going to figure it out. And I think more importantly, I don't see the flames holding it together. Like they lead right. the NHL in shutouts. I mean, they have nine as a team, but they've fallen to pieces ever since that hot start that they've had. I don't know whether it was like this, like pause that they've been on or whatever, but it's just, it's not working, whatever they're doing. I mean, honestly, it's to me, to me, it's Vegas or Anaheim. That's winning that division. I, I couldn't really see a argument for anyone else at this point in the season. I know it's, you know, we're only halfway through, but I think Vegas is good, but they're no, they're nowhere near as good as we all thought they would be this year. They've looked shaky um laner has been very streaky super good at times kind of a question mark at others i could see this being like there's 10 games left in the season and it's right where we're at right now they're like tied or like a couple points apart and anaheim just steps on the gas pedal and like ends up wins like them. seven out of ten or something like yeah. that because yeah. i could see the vegas knights like feeling the pressure from behind and being like oh shit are we really gonna choke up the division to the fucking ducks and then they do quack quack i baby. wonder <laughs> it's been the motto for a week now i Let's wonder what happens if... when eichel gets back too true because they got to trade someone yeah remember that Mac, I, I really like that. I wonder if the Ducks can out Vegas Vegas by being that like young, fun, like upcoming team that's going to yeah. like just give them too much to handle. Well, I remember in the season preview, we talked about all three California teams and how like they're all like young and fun, but they're all a long ways away from like being good enough to make the playoffs or anything. And boy, were we wrong because the Ducks are going to make the playoffs and they might win the division. Yeah, it's a solid one. 
Let's do a three stars of the week. First, we have Nazem Kadri. We talked about him earlier. Three goals, five assists in four games played this week. Second, we have Freddie Anderson. He's 3-0-0, a 1-9-1 GAA. And ready for this, a 9-3-8 save percentage. Third, we have Johnny Goudreau. Johnny Ham and Cheese had an overtime winner the other night. Two goals, six apples in four games played. All three of those guys have been absolutely fantastic so far this year. For sure. Might ride Freddie till the all-star break debating it. He's a good one too. Um, the Canes also, I, I saw this stat the other day. They give up the fewest goals per 60 minutes of any team in the NHL. Not surprising. Just want to remind everyone that, yeah, it's cold as balls outside and the water's probably frozen, but summer is never over mentally. And there's still <laughs> never been a better time to get out on the water. If you're looking to finance that new boat or yacht you've always dreamed of, well, you're in luck because the Yacht Lender is a specialist in marine finance. With partnerships with 15 different banks, he is the right lender for whatever vessel you may be in the market for. Backed by Trident Funding with over 25 years as an industry leader, the Yacht Lender has the expertise and know-how to finance the boat of your dreams. Don't wait. Apply today at www.yachtlender.com or check him out on Instagram at Yacht Lender to see others who have already gotten out on the water today. Um, one thing I want to add here, because I did the Yachtlander thing, and I just want to pose this question. I'm going to pose it to Mac. Mac, do you know the difference between the Indy 500 and the Daytona 500? Oh, man, Nick is just quaking his boots. Don't right feel now. bad. I'm on your side. Um. Okay. Isn't it like a different type of car? Like, isn't Indy okay. car literally Thank like Indy car and Daytona is NASCAR? Yes. Thank you. Can I get it right? Damn it. You did. And I ja- had no clue. Jackson. Did you know that? Yes, I did. Uh, when I was younger, I used to follow NASCAR all the time. Oh, so, great. Yeah. Who was uh, who was your driver? Jeff motherfucking Gordon. Had a boy. I and Good people answer. wonder why we hired this kid. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I guess I, uh, I guess I'm uncultured. I don't know. I, I didn't really think about. It. I thought I knew one was in Indianapolis, the other one was in Daytona, but I didn't know the cars were different. Yeah. And then Marty goes, "Do you not know what an Indy car is?" And I'm like, "Is it made in India? I don't know. Like, you tell me." But uh, it's like the American F1 version or some shit like that. I don't know. You these gearheads. I swear to God. Well, um, that's <laughs> it. Next trip, forget Arizona State. It's Indy 500 in the Snake Pit. We're going. Okay, your call. Let's go around the league real quick. Uh, One suspension I want to talk about. Aaron Dell suspended three games following his hit on Drake Batherson. We talked about this a little bit on social media. Uh, Batherson's out for at least two months with a high ankle sprain. What did you guys think about this hit? And what do you think about the disciplinary action that followed it? Well, I remember sending this clip to you guys right after it happened. I think we had just finished recording uh, one of our episodes and then it happened. It It's always kind of funny to me to see goalies just lose their cool. Like over the years, there's a few different examples of it. Tuka Rask comes to mind. Um, Hashik definitely lost his cool a couple times back in the day. But Kippersoff you know, two-handed someone. Oh, that's a good one. I forgot all about Mika Kippersoff. But yeah, no, there's there's a fair share. Sometimes goalies just, you know, lose their cool. And that's to me, that's what happened here. There's really no reason for it. Um, it's a bummer that Bath, I think I believe Batherson's like yeah, yeah, you said already he's out two months. That that's the unfortunate part of it because it's kind of a funny clip until you realize that the dude actually gets hurt. And then it's like, all right, maybe he shouldn't have done that. But 
yeah, I don't know. I think he definitely deserved an, a suspension for it. Um, I don't know that he would have been suspended if Batherson got up and skated away, but that's kind of how the league goes. So, and that's a valid point. I think the the thing I saw most online is like, okay, we've got to find some way to police this. Like, if a goalie can leave his crease and hit a player, there has to be some way for the player to either defend himself or to hit the goalie back. I will say I've said for years, if a goalie leaves his crease, I I do not understand why he's not fair game. I he wears more pads than anybody else on the ice. He'll be fine. Deck him. Like <laughs> I am I'm in total agreement. Let's NHL hits two thousand and two. Exactly. Yes. Three on three, no penalties. Yeah, I'm I'm with it. I I mean it was completely <laughs> out of line and kind of following up on what you guys just said. I think Batherson you know, you're, as a player nowadays, you can't even touch the goalie. You're taught at all costs to avoid him. I think if the rule was different, Batherson could have probably braced himself a little better and maybe not gotten, you know, upended. And unfortunately, I don't. Yeah, ankle sprain is what it was. Uh, he's having a breakout season. The Sens have been pretty good lately. They ruined my night. Talked about that a couple of times already. Uh, but yeah, it is unfortunate, and I, I do think uh, suspension was definitely warranted here. I'm glad they did just because like it would be one thing if like Dell leaves his crease to go out by the circles to play a puck. Maybe it, it ends up along the wall. The two collide while going for a loose puck. But this was like Batherson and the Sabres defender are going around the goal. I guarantee you he's not even looking at the goaltender. His eyes are on the puck. Eyes are on the defenseman. He's trying yeah. to strip it from. Basically, yeah, clotheslined. And then completely, exactly, gets clotheslined, ankle first into the boards. I thought that thing was completely shattered when I saw it, but I, I don't know how it's only a high ankle sprain. I mean, thank God. Yeah, it's an awkward spot of the ice, too. Anytime you're close to those boards, it's dangerous, so. For sure. Uh, some rumors to get to. The Flames are eyeing a long-term deal with Matty Kachuk around 9 or $10 million. Apparently, if he does not choose to re-sign in Calgary, he could be interested in St. Louis, Vegas, Dallas, Nashville, or the New York Rangers. So all the best places at the party, basically. Right, so just stay in Calgary. you got to imagine. I mean, come on. How could you not want to see Kachuk in St. Louis, just like his dad? That'd be sick. That would be cool. And by the way, I don't know if you've ever seen pictures of like Keith when he was younger. He is a photocopy of Matthew. Yeah, Yeah, he is. He also grew up in St. Louis. Hometown boy, that'd be a good story. It would. Uh, Blackhawks forward. Dominique Kubalik is expected to be moved before the deadline. Caps, pay attention. Well said. Uh, Canadians blue liner Jeff Petrie has requested a trade out of Montreal. Duh. Uh, the former Michigan State Spartan is expected to be with a new team before the next season. So to me, that means not at the deadline. It means over the summer. Yeah. I mean, how could you not want out of Montreal at this point? I think we're going to see a big blow up here, in my right. opinion. Yep. Yeah, get- no doubt. But uh, before we get to the gambling trends, I just want to remind everybody that this season, all of our picks are powered by SharpRank. SharpRank created the first ever cross-sport rating system, ranking bettors from any sport on one leaderboard that anyone can dominate, even you. SharpRank is backed by some of the biggest names in the sports gambling world, such as BetMGM, Betway, and Sports Illustrated. Download the free app for iPhone and Android today. And now we will get to the gambling portion of the episode, which I am going to listen to really closely. And I'm not going to say a fucking word because I (laughs) suck at this and I need (laughs) some advice. So please, gentlemen, enlighten me. 
Don't bet on the Oilers when I do. There That's we go. That's my best advice. Well said. Uh, but, but no, on a serious note, uh, let's get to the hot teams right now. So obviously the Colorado Avalanche, they're number one in the NHL with the uh, Florida Panthers right now. They're a complete and utter wagon. Uh, they've won 10 straight. Nick said it. They've won 18 straight at home. Nick said it. They're 15-0-1 in their last 16 games. Despite not having McKinnon, it doesn't matter. Uh, the Moose, Miko Rantanen, is playing lights out, as well as Nazem Kadri, Kale McCarr, Landis Skog. The list goes on. They're deep as any team in the league right now. Uh, Nazem Kadri actually passed Ovechkin and McDavid in the scoring race yesterday, so now he's in third place. Kale McCarr notched his 100th career assist, and he became the fourth fastest defenseman in NHL history to do so. The other three guys that were, uh, I'm sorry, the other four names in there are Sergei Zuboff, Mark Hauer, Stefan Peterson. Those three did it faster. And then I believe the name after him, I'm drawing a blank. I should have wrote it down. But regardless, he's fourth fastest to ever do it. He did it in 140 games. Crazy, right? That's Those nuts. three. He's the only guy in the 21st century to do it. Zuboff started in the 90s. So, yeah. Um, you know, that's that's where I put that. But yeah, I mean, the Avs, they've got what the Yotes at home tomorrow. I think the Avs are like minus 510 right now on the money it's, line. It's gone up. It's like minus 535 before we started. It's just insane. I, I never thought I would see that in a hockey game. Could the Yotes be the one to break the home streak? Should we ride the Yotes money line plus 500 or some shit? So I'm sorry. Yacht- I said I wasn't going to say a word. This is why I'm losing bet because I'm like, <laughs> Yachtlender is, uh, he's got the spotlight feature on the Avalanche right now on Sharp Rank. He's uh, six and one, one bet in the Avs. He's got the under at six and a half. He's got Avs money line and Avs spread. He's predicting a four nothing win. Let's wow. see what happens. Yeah. Which I don't think is unrealistic. I, that the guy bet the pucks, Elio, whatever the fuck his name is. I've been noticing when he uh, is giving out these picks where he tears his t-shirt and only posts his wins. That um, you know, Nick, come on, what are you looking at me for? He, he does the he has the Haynes t-shirt. Oh, like, I know who you're talking I don't about. Fucking lose, and he only posts it yeah. after he wins, like you know, yeah. twice a week. And the other four losses don't count. Yeah, uh, Jimmy Big Stacks. Yeah, he's, exactly. Exactly. If he's not on Sharp Rank, he's Jimmy right. Big. How do you know? Who knows? That, that guy loves to bet overs when there's a really good team against a really shitty team. I'm not a fan of that. I, I just, I told, I told Yachtlander, he's like, should I bet the over? I said, I don't know if Arizona scores to be perfectly frank, because they're not going to have the puck. Or it could be a night where the abs only pot two and it's a two, one win or it's a two zip win. Karel Vamelka goaltender for the, uh, yeah. Yotes. Remember this is a, almost the same exact situation when it was Toronto versus, uh, mm-hmm. The Avs, or not the Avs, Arizona. And I think is, that game ended like two to one or something like that. Is his first name pronounced Carell? Because then I need to stop calling him Carl. Oh, <laughs> is it Carl? I don't know. Carell sounds so much e. cooler. I think it's yeah. like K-A-R-E-L, but maybe it's yeah, just Carl. 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 Carl sounds cooler. Yeah. I don't know why, don't like know. in like fantasy, whenever I look at his numbers, I've been pronouncing it Carl in my head. Anyways. I love that his last name is like Vimelka, but it's like it's spelled like Vegmelka. It's kind of right. kind of wacky, but it's cool. Well, anyways, um, off of the pronunciation of names, which you can tell we're all really good at, the value on the abs is always dog shit. But hey, if you're willing to take the risk, the numbers speak for themselves. They really aren't losing at all lately. So they didn't lose a game in January in regulation, to put it 
quite frankly. So uh, the next hot team, they're my hot take team. So these are going to, I'm probably going to throw some stats at you people that you would never actually guess the Minnesota wild. Did you know Kevin Fiala right now has the longest active point streak in the NHL at 11 games? I guarantee you, you did not know that because nobody on NHL network or puck empire or NHL discussion is talking about that. Pretty interesting stat. If you ask me, they're on a five game winning streak. They're eight, one and one in their last 10. And let's talk about rookie standout, Matt Boldy. You guys probably saw us post a clip about a month ago um, of his parents going banana lands when he scored his first NHL goal up in mini. Uh, He's a point per game player right now. He's got nine points in nine games and he has slid right into the lineup and produced immediately. One of our uh, stars from the the American World Junior team last year. Yes, sir. And since Boldy appeared uh, in the Minnesota starting lineup on January 6th at Boston, the Wild are 8-0-1. They have not lost in regulation since he joined the team. Kaprizov is up to 12 points during a seven-game point streak that he's currently in, which matches a career high that he had from earlier this season. They're clicking. I mean, the two studs, Fiala and Kaprizov, are going. They're getting contributions from unlikely guys, just like Boldy. Mini's hot. I'd ride him. I really want to buy a Kaprizov Winter Classic jersey. I'm not going to lie. That might be my the next one I pull the trigger on. Yeah, that's a pretty good one. I'm, I'm definitely a fan of that. Uh, so the Wild, they're definitely hot. And then I, I don't even know if I want to say this one now because I put this on the notes this morning. Um, the Edmonton Oilers, I, I guess they're hot. They lost in overtime today, so that, that for the fifth time I've said that, that kind of sucks. I don't know if they're really hot anymore. Who'd they play? Um, the Senators. Oh, okay. Yeah, with That's Matt right. Murray in that. Yeah. So um, the first bullet point here is, does Harry break the curse tonight? And the answer is no. He's a man of the people. He, wanted, he, he was trying to share the wealth tonight, you know? So that's how I look at it. Uh, they had one four in a row before they played the uh, Senators tonight. Um, their third line, Zach Hyman, Nuge, and Cassian, looked really good in Montreal, but looked awful against the Senators. Uh, if the Oilers can get Hyman buzzing again, which he did not against the Senators, and Kane can behave, they should be in good shape. Um, I think that that'll happen, so we'll see. McDavid is back to his ways. He's got now six points in his last six games, uh, and he had a highlight real goal in, uh, I think it was two games ago. I'm trying to remember who it was, but I can't right now shootout goal from the other night holy against shit. Soros yeah oh he my un- god he undressed the shit out of him it's no. arguably the hottest goalie in the NHL too and just made him look like yeah. I don't even know what I can't think of anything because my brain Michael Norville yeah there we go <laughs> and then Leon he's got seven points and now his last six games because he was held off the score sheet tonight against the Senators so uh yeah that's that's the Edmonton Oilers um we're gonna move on to who's not the Boston Bruins, they've been uh, on our hot streak for, what, the last, like, two or three weeks? I feel like they're always on here, and uh, this week they are not. They started the week off with losses to both Anaheim and Colorado, and they had the lead against Colorado, as Mac mentioned earlier, 3-1 going into the third, and then they blew it. And then they finally picked up a win against the Arizona Coyotes and won that game 2-1. They did not seem to carry that confidence into Dallas after they beat Arizona as they got crushed by the stars six to one that leaves the Bruins one and three in their last four. And they are that second wildcard team. I know there's a big gap between them and Detroit who's chasing them, but you can't play around too much. You know, they're such a strange team. Like, because like the last two weeks when they've been on our hot streak list, like 
I've been so afraid of them. Like they've looked so good when they're clicking. They literally look like one of the best teams in the league, like Bergeron, Pasta, if not the best Marshan, they're all doing like the classic shit that they always do. McAvoy's looked good. Both their goalies have been good. Rask has been good since he came back and all Mark has been holding it down. But like, then they lose six to one to the stars and it's like, what is going on? So that might be another team that I stay away from for a week or so. It's a great point. I mean, we talked about this a little while ago before they got hot. We were like, it just seems like an off year for this team. I mean, Ras came back. He hasn't looked over the top like great or anything. He's been sort of like steady Eddie for them. He's I would had say some good games, but he's had some bad ones. Yeah. It's like nothing to write home about at this point. I don't know. I, I genuinely don't know what direction that team is going to go in. I honestly, Harry, the question you posed earlier about what was your hot take, my, if it wasn't the Canucks, I was going to say the Red Wings would make the playoffs. Yeah, there's, there's quite a gap between the Bruins and the Red Wings. The Bruins are that second wild card, and then the Wings are the top team who are chasing. I think there's like a 12 or 14 point They difference. would really have to fall off, but it could happen. It could. Uh, speaking of potential fall-offs, I think I'm going to let you guys take the second team on here. Sheesh. All right. All right. So <laughs> where, where do we begin here? It's been, it's been an interesting last 10 games. Um, January, off, not fun. No, but it's okay. Coming off a big, much, much, much needed blowout win of the Dallas stars and former goalie, former caps goalie, Braden Holpe. Uh, honestly, he's such a real one for just letting us have that. You know, he's still a team player. He just bought a house in DC because he knows he's just going to move back there when he retires, hopefully sooner, maybe. Who knows? He needs somewhere to have his next Stanley Cup party at the end of the mm-hmm. season. So clearly mm-hmm. he bought another house for that purpose. So, yeah, uh, here's the deal. I was panicking for a little while about the caps. I think that I'm not panicking anymore we'll see you can ask me maybe tomorrow after the penguins caps game but uh here's where i stand right now i think that laviolette said it best recently and i actually heard this in an interview with kuznetsov he was referencing the uh quote from lavi and he basically said that like every year every good hockey team is faced with at least like a three or four week period where like for whatever reason nothing clicks right the hockey gods are not with you you lose some games, you got to battle through just kind of like some like mucky month. It happens to everybody. I can think of pretty much every capital season for the last like 10 years that we've been super good. There's always one month like this where it's like, holy shit, are we just like not good? And then they'll like turn around and they'll be fine. It's just that time of the year, I think. And especially right before the all-star break. I'm hoping that, you know, we'll at least piece together a couple wins up until then. And then hopefully we come out guns a blazing after the all-star break. Cause that's really when it starts to matter the most. So, yeah, I mean, they have a really tough week ahead of them too. I mean, they have the penguins uh, tomorrow, which uh, Tuesday night, and then they have the Oilers at home on Wednesday night. And both of those are really, really tough games. The penguins are playing really, really well right now. The Oilers are a really, really fast team, even though they're not playing well, the caps are not a fast team anymore. Yeah. And speed just absolutely kills them. True. And then they follow that up. Um, the next time we record, they're playing against the blue jackets, which I don't love the way that those two teams match up. Same. Just tough and games. They've for them. been a pesky team all year too. They have been, I've had some good luck with them, but I think more importantly, it's like five days off for them caps which to me is just not it does not instill confidence at all um 
I, you know, I was impressed with the scoring in the Dallas game, the power play woke up and it wasn't a conventional power play look. And when I say that caps fans, that means it wasn't Ovi from the office or Oshi from the bumper spot. It was Carlson from the point, just launching an absolute cannon over Holpe's glove. Uh, I want to say a shout out to my friend, Pat, a uh, friend of the program. You guys know pretty well for calling the Connor McMichael goal. He said, Prior to the game that McMichael's going to pot one tonight, I can just feel it. And lo and behold, it did. Uh, you should, Pat, you should start putting your money on that. Absolutely um, went crazy for that one. Caps absolutely loves McMichael. Absolutely. Uh, so things that seemed like they are okay. I don't know. I think this week is going to be pretty telling of where this hockey team is. So, um, yeah, hold your breath because I'm certainly doing the same thing. It should be interesting, too, because even though we have some tough games coming up, we also play Montreal, Ottawa, and Philadelphia twice this month. So yep. um, there's some winnable games in there. We just got to get them. Yeah, I would say those are must-win games at this point. You know, Except going at- the Ottawa one is a day game on a Sunday, and we have three days off before it. So we're Yeah, cro- cross that off. That's just, yep. yeah. Don't sleep on the Sens, man. They're, I think they said during the broadcast today they're 9-6-1 and one in their last 16 games. Well, now they're 10-6-1. Thank you uh, for in the last 17 games. So how many times do you think I'm going to mention that game today, by the way? Um, <laughs> the funniest note, part about it is when everybody listens to it, it's going to be like days ago and people are going to be know. like, wow, he's really, he's really yeah. hung up. Really on that one. Yeah. Um, most fans of teams who have guys that are older enjoy days off. Not caps fans. Not at all. I know you guys mentioned that on the Samantha Pell interview. And I always find that interesting. Um, but you know your team better than I do. I think tomorrow against Pittsburgh is going to be a very good tilt. I always tend to lean on betting the over when those two teams play. I don't Usually. like to. I don't like to because, you know, if your team's winning, you don't want the other team to score. But yeah. I feel like every time the Pens and Caps play, specifically in Pittsburgh, somehow we end. We always end up at 3-3 going into overtime. I mm-hmm. always feel like that's the case. So I, let's see what tomorrow brings. Should be a good one. Uh, last two notes for the who's not. The two bottom feeders just figured we'd throw it in there. Montreal, New Jersey. You could have probably already guessed that. For Montreal, they're a dumpster fire. Dare I say a forest fire. Uh, they might even just want the earth to lose orbit and crash into the sun because it's game over for them. Your best goaltender's gone. Your best defenseman's gone. And your team sucks. And Cole Caulfield has one goal. So there's that one. Uh, and then Jersey, they've lost four straight. So, yeah. Uh, too funny. Um, yeah, Mac, right. I know you talked last episode about um, the Devils being consistent with plus one and a half. That's a bet I've actually been taking a lot this season. Um, it's just, it's so hard with them. You just it's never tough. know what you're going to get. Yeah, I sometimes will toss it into a parlay, but it it's it's risky because they're not a very good hockey team. And so, and just like tonight, for example, they were winning that game four to two going into the third period and they ended up getting puck line. They lost six to four. So yeah, it's tough. Boom. The go ahead was a shorty. You said, right. Go ahead. Goal was a shorthanded goal. Yeah. And then they gave up an empty net or so, which is weird. I feel like if that team gets like, I don't know, like honestly at this point, I think you can't, you have to admit the PK Subban trade was a loss. Like it's just clearly not working at this point. His game is not where it used to be. Get another defensive piece in there. Get a solid goaltender. That team is going to be a pain in the ass when they start clicking. I mean, they still got good players. They got Dougie Hamilton. They've got Zaka is good. Sharon Govich is a good player. Brat. Yep. Brat's a, yeah. Brat's definitely underrated. I agree. They've got some pieces for sure. Um, and then just some other trends that don't have to do with 
hot teams, although ironically, the Flames, we're going to talk about them. Uh, they are scoring a lot lately. They have scored 23 goals over their past six games. The over is 4-1-1 one, and one in that six-game span. When I say 4-1-1, one, and one, that means four times it's hit, one time it hasn't. And that last one is a push, just to clarify. Uh, this past weekend, they had a blowout win over the Blues and the Jackets, along with an overtime win against the Canucks. Uh, Toronto. I guess I can edit this stat now because they just hit the over tonight. They're seven and two against the over in their last nine games. Something to look out for. Uh, this one, I think, is a big one to watch for. I, as you guys know, we're big fans of goalie matchups on this podcast. We're always watching out for that. Jordan Bennington looks like horseshit. And I don't mean to be rude, but he's allowed 23 goals in his last five starts. He gave up in his last two contests, six to Toronto and seven to Calgary. The over has hit in four of his last five starts, but he has not been starting a lot of games as of late. He's only made five starts in the whole month of January. And to put it in perspective, the Blues played 12 total games in the month of January. So Huso has Huso's been has been good, yeah. He's been fantastic. I'm going to be honest, guys. I haven't been sold on Bennington since the cup final. Yeah, same. Uh, well, I mean, you look at where he came from, like it was very impressive what he did to take that team from January 1st, bottom of the standings to a championship title. However, I mean, he was a dude that they called up from the minors. He was like, he was, he was not supposed to be there. You know, they no. just needed him and he was the Cinderella story. And, you know, maybe that was all he was good for. And they paid him too. Right. Yeah, I think they did. Yeah, they did pay him. And I, I don't know about, what to think. Talk about hothead goalies earlier, by the way. This man is one of the biggest hothead goalies. Like we've seen Jordan Bennington. He's a get, psycho. Yeah, we've seen him get super like frustrated at times on the ice and not be afraid to show it. Yeah, he. I, I don't know what to make of him. I mean, sometimes I think maybe it's Matt Murray 2.0 wins a cup, has this miraculous story and then falls off the face of the earth and then ruins my bets um or he's kind of like Bobrovsky in that he signs this huge ticket like this monster money deal and like for one or two seasons he's just not living up to it but as you can see right now Bobrovsky's firing on all cylinders this season so I don't know what to make of him so maybe they'll trade Bennington to Florida and then he'll be really good wow (laughs) there's a hot one I mean, there's so um, much that goes into the goaltending position. We've talked about this with Zach multiple times. Like, it's so mental. So it could be something, it, you know, just like that. Who knows? Uh, moving on from outside of the crease to probably the best crease monkey in the NHL, I would say Chris Kreider. He's got seven goals in his last nine games. You can get that at plus 120 right now. For a guy who's leading the NHL in goals, that's pretty decent value, for my opinion. The Leafs who played the Devils today – Matthews to score a goal was minus 110, right? And he's he not too. And he did. Yeah, I'm not disputing that. It's just, you know, the difference in value. One guy's leading the NHL in goals, the other guy isn't. Oh, wait, I'd just say. kidding. He had a hat trick. No. <laughs> okay. Just casual. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then I'll just reiterate this stat. I said it earlier. Fiala has the longest active point streak in the NHL. I don't know what the value I'm in on him to get a point is, but I would imagine you can get it at a pretty decent price. I, it, in my head, Odds maker Harry minus one sixty on a normal night, maybe maybe one seventy. Probably, in that range. Probably. In that range. yeah. 
Um, I've got a couple here. The Blue Jackets are eight and two in over bets in their last two home games. I think that's a combination of sort of like where they are versus who they've been playing. So take that last with 10. a grain of salt. Yes. Less 10. Less 10 yes, sorry. Games. Yeah. Good. good call. Um, we talked about this a little bit on the last episode, just like when it comes to over unders, like more research is better than less. I know, you know, Harry, you mentioned this earlier. It's very easy to see, oh, good team plays shitty team. Let me jump on that. Um, what if that good team has a game the other night, you know, right after this, they might sort of not pack it in, but, you know, pull back a little bit. No one wants to get hurt. Just start rolling those four lines, you know, dump and chase and keep it going. Um, so just look at, you know, who that team played the night before, who's going to be in goal. Like this all adds up. This all really makes or breaks your over-unders. A uh, couple of futures I want to look at. Huberto to win the Art Ross is only plus 300. And the guy has the league lead in points right now. This is definitely one of those ones where you're going to say, yeah, well, McDavid's going to wake up at some point and take it back over. I don't know, though. I mean, the Cats are hot enough that I think... He's running out of time, too. He is running out of time, and I think the Cats are hot enough at this point where if they just continue to do what they've been doing, I think Huberdeau might get this. And a plus 300 for the Art Ross is something we've not seen happen in the last three or four years. Especially for a guy who's like leading the league like midway through the season, that's pretty good value, to be honest. The the cats score at will. They just put up yeah, eight a ton. On, well, tonight's a great example of two stats. Nick just said the cats put up eight. I think Huberto had three or four points and it was in Columbus and the jackets gave up the over. So they had four in the first period. It was just yeah. nuts. Yeah. Um, and then the wild to win the central division is plus 700. Now that one, you, you know, is hard to be as confident on, but like the abs have been just been playing so well, but you know, for a value pick. And if you start to think about the abs goaltending a little bit, I don't know. It's possible. I think that, you know, plus 700 for a value pick, you throw 10 bucks on it at the end of the year, you have, you know, 70 bucks going into the playoffs. Who knows? True. Well, don't hate it. Uh, wow. It's a late one. eh? Um, <laughs> any, any last notes before we wrap up here, boys? No. Hopefully I can climb out of my sharp rank hole. I think I was in like fourth at one point. Now I'm down to like 14th or something, which is why I sat back and listened to you fellows give those gambling odds there. So I'm hoping to have a good rebound week here. That's all all I want to end it on. I would like to say it's been pretty impressive that the three of us have like hung around the top 10. (laughs) It's tough, man. It is hard. There are some people like that just try to run the board every fucking night i don't i'm not about that i i like making picks for the people uh that's why i took the oilers something i would actually take that's what i like to do I'm not betting avalanche minus 450 that's stupid in my opinion um but yeah it's tough we're hanging around mac i got confidence in you max max gonna heat up right around you're gonna find your like right at start of march. to just track into the sunset start start of march you're gonna get hot and you're going to end up winning March Madness shit too. And you're going to be like, oh, everything I touch turns to gold. And then you get into the playoffs hot. And then you start giving series picks. I got a good feeling on you, Mac. I need I need football season to end and baseball season to start. That's the reason I can't win any bets probably is because I don't know shit about the NFL. And I know a lot about the MLB. So Before we wrap up, that's a great point. Um, I had someone text me over the weekend who's – they're like a very – diehard NFL fan and they really only bet on like football games. They occasionally bet on college football, but really it's just NFL. And they were asking me like, you know, 
just stuff about hockey betting. I'm like, dude, like it is a completely different animal. Like you are going from yeah. a world where you're minus three forties and you're minus four hundreds to like going into like that ducks red wings game tonight. They, they were both minus one ten. It was just a straight up pick them. It's a pick them. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a completely different beast for sure. Um, it, it's, that it's probably most similar to baseball, I would say, right? Because yeah. run line, puck line, same principle, but um, goaltending, pitching—I don't know—I see a couple parallels there. And but... then the randomness of college basketball—just anyone can beat anyone on any given night. Yeah, yeah. I'm pumped for March Madness. I also, please, someone remind me. I want to do a props. Um, I want to do like a prop section, maybe not next week, but the week after for the Super Bowl. I'm curious it's to a hear good what one. you guys have. Yeah, we did that last year, I think, and that was fun. Yeah, yeah, just to fuck around a little bit. But um, reminder: ten percent off on the store. EB10 Jackson, thank you very much for joining us. You've been up late on this one. Wanted to give you an intro on how we do the pod. Hopefully, you don't think we're too dumb. I did, I thought an indie car was made in India, so I mean, there's, there's well, one for the it, day. it's not your first time thinking one thing comes from somewhere else. Uh, <laughs> oh, he's been listening. He knows everything. Hey, yeah. I I watched the clip too, so I yeah yeah. But no, it's 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 been great being on, and hopefully be on more in the future. Yeah, for sure, and hopefully not at uh, eleven fifty one at night on a weekday. That's obviously not hey, ideal. It's ten fifty one for us too. Central oh, time rules. Yeah, amen to that. All right, everybody, appreciate the love and support. Fuck the Oilers, and without further ado, that's dismissed. <laughs>